Why Watch That is a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. So why watch that movie talk? We've got some movie talks for you, sneak peeks. And this particular movie talk are two movies that are period paces. (laughs) But definitely two different tones. Yes. I mean... I don't even know why we put these two together. <laughs> it's like, I'm now imagining these two worlds together, that would be an excellent movie. I would love to see some of the characters cross over to these worlds. Now, before we get into what the two are, let's deal with the one. Little Women. Ooh. Little Women comes out on Christmas, mm-hmm. mm. as, well as, as well as the other movie. Comes out on Christmas. It is directed by someone extremely familiar to us by now, Greta Gerwig. She even wrote it, and it's based on Louisa May Alcott's novel, famous novel, that many of us had to read in uh, middle school, or sometimes high school, but middle school for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many people have attempted and accomplished of adapting this into various forms. Most recently that I know of, and maybe you know more recent, but PBS just the tail this year, in fact, released a TV or a, 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 a miniseries mm-hmm. of Little Women. Of course, we've seen you know that older uh, version with Winona Ryder and Susan Sarandon and many other people in it. There's been many other TV renditions that we watched. Yeah. And even the, like the classic one from like the 30s or the 40s or something. Yes, I mean, yeah. it really does range. It's one of our great American novels and we don't get many of those, meaning in period pieces. Usually we go across the pond for this, but mm. for little women, we're here on American soil. Like I said, directed and written by Greta, who is partners with a fellow uh, director, <laughs> Noah, uh, Noah Bomback, mm-hmm. um, and he, she's been in his stuff. But it's interesting to see how this will play out award seasons, beca- award season, because his show Marriage Story has gotten a lot of buzz, and so has she. Let's talk about this cast, though. Yeah, Dersha playing the most famous character that we know from this, Joe March. Emma Watson, Shersha Ronan, excuse me, Emma Watson, uh, Timothy Chalamon. Uh, we got Florence Pugh. We've got Laura Dern, Tracy Letts. We've got Bob Odenkirk, who shows up a little late in the game. James <laughs> Norton, Chris Cooper, Meryl Streep, on and on and on. Lots of people are in this. Yeah. Now, you're going to give us the plot, mm. but you don't need to, we all know the plot, basically, but, mm. or you're oh, do you? We do. I mean, if you, if you got away with not knowing anything mm-hmm. about Little Women, congratulations. Um, so let's, let's get through this and then let's talk about 
what really is going on here. Yeah. Now, and the reason I ask or do you is Greta's um, adaptation is not traditional. No, it is not. No. So it's not like page one of the book. No, that's not how it starts. It goes back and forth in time. So Exactly. So tell me, Ref, should I give away the no future timeline? I, uh, you, you, they know it, mm-hmm. but just for the sake of this, let's give them as much mystery as we can. That's just, what I thought. Mm-hmm. So just know, uh, of course, Joe is still the main character, but what's happened is Greta Gerwig has pulled not only from the novel, but also from Louisa May Alcott's writings. So there's this whole thing about what being a, a, a female writer in the 1860s is like. Okay, so that's that's an interesting perspective from Greta. Now the story is uh, you have the March sisters, there are four of them. And we, of course, have Joe, played by Sarsha, who's, you know, she wants to be this writer. Um, and she's really focused on that. And remember, at the time here, the American Civil War is going on. Right. So their father is out being a doctor uh, at war. He's away from the home. And he's played by Bob Odenkirk. Now, the mother, played by Laura Dern, is there, but, you know, she's trying to take care of her, her kids. Um, she's also concerned about certain people who are less fortunate around in their environs. So this is a very giving family. The mother, in one episode, if you know the book, tells the her daughters, hey, you know, we should go help this family. Right. You know, so all of that's still there. So you have Joe, free spirit, all of that. And of course, we have the neighbor the son over there of uh, with his living with his grandfather there played by Timothy Chalamet Laurie what's going on between Joe and Laurie well you know if you've read the book so we still have that here and really what's going on between all four sisters and Laurie yes I mean Laurie be getting around (laughs) because and especially when he first meets all four of them like that scene I'll never forget from this iteration well, he, you could see Timothy going, what? <laughs> if I just gotten into it, I like it. <laughs> I think everybody's so, reaction is that way. <laughs> so we have that. Now, we also have Meg, one of the other sisters, who's played by Emma Watson. The oldest. And, and she's the one, Ref, who wants to be liked. She really wants to fit. She wants to find a husband, all of that. She wants people to like her. She's a sweet person. Now, Keep in mind that Laurie is has money, okay? His grandfather is played by Chris Cooper. And this means that he has a tutor who's played by James Norton. Now, the tutor ain't old. So he has a certain reaction to the March sisters as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, we also have Amy March. And she's played by Florence Pugh. Amy is the one who wants to have attention. She's the one who wants to be seen. She's the one who wants to be praised. She's, She's in Joe's shadow, basically. Wants to be She's loved. a mini Joe. <laughs> exactly. She wants to be Joe. And that's to her detriment in a lot of cases. And to her advantage in others. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. So we have her. And then we have the youngest, Beth. Who's the best of them? Beth. We love Beth. She's a wonderful piano player. She's a sweetheart, all of that. And she's played by Eliza Scanlon. 
Now, keep in mind, of course, they have parents. They also have a rich aunt, Aunt March, played by Meryl Streep. Of course. And Aunt March is like, look at here, girls. Uh, at this time, as women, you got to marry well. Otherwise, you got to do what I did and have money. <laughs> now, because of your father, who's my brother and I love him, you ain't got money. You ain't got no money. So you know what you need to do. So she is a stern woman, but she loves them. She yeah, does. She does. And it's Meryl Streep playing her, so you know how that comes across. Right. So the question is, are you going to court Aunt March, who's maybe going to help you out if you do what she wants or not? Do you want to be this free spirit? Do you want to go after your dreams? Or are you going to be con constrained by the times? So we see in these two timelines, what I've set up and then in the future, what has actually come to pass. Have they gotten what they've wanted or not? And the movie toggles between these time periods, so it's not linear. Um, do I need to put anything else in this ref? What do you think? No, the only thing I would say is that um, there are every single character that you introduced has a complication Mm. And it all sort of their resolve of that complication or the obstacle really does revolve and re revolve around Joe. We'll just yeah. say like every that's what Greta did. That was so interesting. Mm. Every single person you named has a strong connection to Joe or uh, are repelled by her in a sense, <laughs> shall we say. Yeah. And when we get to the future, we see how that relationship re um, revolves and evolves. And I'll even expand it to just the sisters because we do see Beth and Chris Cooper's character have a certain relationship that we won't talk about. Right. Yeah, but if you know the book, you know that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, also remember, there is a tragedy that happens here. As it should. Yeah. I mean, not should. But, but as a story, right. Yes, mm -hmm. it should, story. Well, I'll go first because mm -hmm. it's easier for me, I think. And I think that we have... Um, in an interesting take on this. Greta Gerwig has a very interesting uh, perspective about women. And we've seen it in Lady Bird. We've seen it in her the way she, her quirkiness. She loves a quirky character. Mm -hmm. And she will find that quirkiness. And not just quirky as in they're funny, ha ha ha. Or they're just a little bit off from their times. They don't quite fit into their environment. And that's exactly we see. We see that with each of the sisters in some form. We really see it with Joe. Oh yeah. Part of that's the writing, but also part of it is Greta's direction, and then a huge part of it is Shersha's um, Shersha's uh, expression of Joe coming out of her specifically. So I thought that was a wonderful. I, I like to highlight that quirkiness. Um, again, Joe is the Lone Ranger, but people are drawn to her. They're just drawn. They want to know who she is. And I felt drawn to Shersha. So it wasn't forced. I thank Greta for that. Um, I do have to highlight that the chemistry between her and Lori, to, played by Timothy, was wonderful. Mm. Excellent chemistry. They didn't have to work. Now, remember, they've been in something. They they were in Lady Bird before. So go. this was a shorthand kind of experience. That was wonderful. Actually, every single person, um, actor, really came to play, which was important. Mm. I just wish, because we've seen Laura Dern in two situations this year uh meaning her as renata 
and her in marriage story with mm-hmm. with she worked with both of the partners right and she's talked about that and how funny that is i kind of wish the mother i'm not comparing her to susan sarandon because i don't think you can mm-hmm. but i wish the mother had a little more dimension to her i know it's not written necessarily that way but this is a woman who is raising four rambunctious girls who have all minds of their own without her husband. And they do give her a little moment, like, are you angry? Are you mad? And she really clapped on, uh, cl- latched on to that. And that was mm-hmm. wonderful. I just wanted a little more from Laura Dern. Not her fault, not Greta's fault. I think it it's just, we couldn't get it done in this particular rendition. Chris Cooper is so endearing in this. Overall, I said, I will say it's a pleasant experience. It's a wonderful Christmas movie. If you want to venture out after all the ungiftings and eating, this is a great movie to take the family. I wasn't, I don't think anybody will be really offended by anything. Um, I would say you can take, um, I would go as young as 10 for girls, maybe a little older for boys if you decide to do that, but the whole family will enjoy this. I wasn't blown away, I won't say that. I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I will say I was blown away by those costumes. I mean, the costumes alone deserve its own thing. Mm. Um, I, and again, I wasn't blown away by this, but I also wasn't bored by it, or I wasn't, there weren't, it kept moving along. It did slow down a little bit in Paris when we get there, but other than that, um, oh, oh, I do have to add this one thing and I'm completely done. When you, when I, I tried to watch it without all of the previous experiences that I've had, both written and other TV shows and a movie, I will say the um, there is a culminating relationship between two characters that to me weren't exactly warranted, meaning I we didn't arrive there. I, I'm like, why? Are, they came out looking as major jerks, in my opinion. Like, mm-hmm. oh, how could you do this? And we didn't see little nuggets kind of planted toward this culmination of this particular relationship. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about if you've mm-hmm. experienced other renditions of this. So I really wasn't sold on that, but the other relationship that comes to be, I was like, that's nice. I like how that played out. So there you yeah. go. Yeah. Um, I, I just taking just what you said and, and giving my perspective. Uh, also another thing you said here, Greta has really made Joe the center yes. of both timelines. And I think a as a result, you see it through her eyes. Yes. So that relationship that happens smacks you the way it smacks her. Uh, now, the question is, is that successful or not? Um, I wasn't bothered by it. And here's the other thing. It, you were kind of hinting at it, Ref. In adapting this the way that Greta did, you it's you just have to lose some stuff. You do. So it's a difficult thing to do. Like the like her adaptation, I expect she's going to be nominated for adapted screenplay, just because of how she did that, the puzzle of it all. Um, I do think uh, when I was watching it from the beginning, the pace was so brisk, and I, I just felt it was fresh, especially in the context of everything we've seen this year. I was like, oh, this is moving. And I was like, please don't stop. And pretty much they didn't. Now, the the problem is you do lose a little bit of depth with that pacing and with the two timelines. 
Right. So there's just a lot to juggle. And I think overall that Greta really succeeded here once again, mm-hmm. just like Lady Bird. For me, this is one of my top films of the year, just because I was watching it going, yes, I can just be taken away by the cast, the costumes, like you said, the snow, the, the two timelines, how it connects to today, but without doing it by beating us over the head. I mean, all of it was, it was at, at minimum pleasant and at best just transporting. Um, Like you said, this is perfect for the Christmas holiday season. Um, I will be watching it again, I'll say that, uh, just for the joy of it all. Um, In regard to the acting, it's an ensemble here. It's not like when you go, oh, this person stands out, oh, that one does. Uh, you were talking about Laura Dern, how, yeah, we lose some of that, and you you do wish you had a little more depth from her. I think there's that moment you talked about, Ref, for her. I would have slowed it down even more right there. I would have, too, only because there's... It, 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 when we finally see who... Because I, I didn't know who the father was. Mm-hmm. The, act, the actor yes. playing the father. Yes. I didn't look ahead. Yes. So when that moment happens, because he is a cultural, you know he's in our pop culture you go oh 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 that 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 coming home is uh, was sweeter if we would have just slowed it down a little bit yeah so exactly like there are little things but then you know i understand the considerations yeah yeah you gotta move on yeah we're nitpicking this i mean overall i would just say it, it was a joy for me yes. to watch Little Women. And I like the the 94 version. I like that one too. I, I did too. And the TV yeah. version that I watched in middle school. So. Yeah. Now the the one that just came. Mm-mm. Oh, I did not see that. So yeah. I think that's important for our listeners. Yeah. Uh, if you recommend the two that you would have access immediately to, you would recommend the movie, obviously. Absolutely, yes. Okay. Well, there you go with Little Women. We also got a chance to see a sneak peek of another movie coming out at Christmas that couldn't be more opposite. Oh. I mean, well, it's a period piece. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fast forward, you know, a couple decades. Mm. We're talking about 1917, directed by Sam Mendez, written by Sam Mendez, also by uh, Chrissy Wilson uh, Carnes. Uh, the cast. <laughs> Just, A bunch are, of British people. Are you are you ready? We got Moriarty <laughs> and Sherlock Holmes. Andrew yes, Scott. Do. Yes, we do. And Mark Strong, who was also Moriarty in the film. <laughs> you got a lot of Sherlock people in the Game of Thrones. Or, I mean, let me go through this just really quickly. Andrew Scott, Benedict Cumberbatch, yep. Mark Strong, Richard Madden, Dean Charles Chapman is in it. You've got the uh, lead, George McKay, in it. Colin Firth is showing up. You've got more and more British people in you will recognize. Uh, one in particular I do have to highlight is, um, oh, I can't find that little, the, the, his little partner in crime. Where is he? Oh, Dean Charles Chapman? Yes. He's mm-hmm. coming up through there. I have to say that this is a Sam Mendez version of 19... 19- 17 world war one what does that look like and then i'm gonna let you go the plot is simple i mean you really don't not much you really, can say. the plot is can take five seconds if we really <laughs> wanted it to it really could yeah but uh give us the plot well 
So, like you said, it's 1917. We're in the spring. Uh, we're in France. We see two British soldiers. They're having a nice little nap. One of them is awakened and told, hey, we need you to go on a mission. Bring somebody else with you. Well, he chooses his buddy. He wakes him up, too. And and these are two Lance Corporals, one played by Dean Charles Chapman, who was Tommen in Game of Thrones, if you're a throner. And the other is played by George McKay, who came to our attention, Raph and Captain Fantastic. Yes, he did. All right. So they're sent on this mission. Now, the person, Dean Charles Chapman's character, was chosen for a particular reason to go on this mission. And Don't this give is, it away. I'm not. And oh, good. It's not a mission that's easy. This is very dangerous. They could die. But it'll give him the, the energy to keep going should anything arise because of the reason. Exactly. So there's a reason why they only want two people to go. Mm. They have to go across what was formerly enemy, enemy uh, territory. Oh my gosh. But they can't verify that. So they have to be very careful. They don't know whether the enemy has actually retreated or not. Oh, and boy. they have to go in order to stop a British battalion from going into a battle that may be a setup. Uh-oh. Now the problem is though, if and when they get there, will they be believed? Ooh. Or is there something else going on by a certain someone who's running the thing things over there? I'll just put it that way. Mm. Hmm. Now, that's what we see. We see them go from this trench across and try to make it to stop this next battle from happening. Do they succeed? That's the question. And what do they encounter along the way? I mean, they have to wade through mud. They have to wade through water. They have to wade through dead bodies. They have to check out, oh, is someone hiding there? They have to deal with all kinds of other elements that I won't give away. In real time. In real time. And you never know what's coming next. As a viewer, just like with them. You experience it in real time, as the ref said, with them. So who knows, imagine if you're going through at night what you could encounter in a a war field. Imagine if you're in mud, what you're stepping in, what you might uh, touch. This is the kind of thing we see here. I mean, that's the plot without like just literally giving it all away. Right. Um, I'll just review it and then ref, you can of course come in after what I'm saying here. The selling point of 1917, the ref set it up at the beginning here, is Sam Mendes. What does it look like to have him tell this story? What does it look like him in collaboration with the cinematographer, Roger Deakins? How do the they set- Roger Deakins. <laughs> yes, the, the Roger Deakins. How do they set this up? My favorite moments were when the urgency was there, when things were happening action-wise. There is a sequence early on when I thought, Ref, and we talked about this, I thought, wait a minute, is this like a horror slash Indiana Jones movie about a war? Brilliant. Brilliant sequencing. I wished that that was the whole movie. But, I mean, they could have put that in 3D. People were squirming. It was... Screaming in mine. <laughs> it they was were. really. And the problem is, Ref, it came too early in the movie. We'll just say something happens mm-hmm. to change the circumstances. Exactly. And then you do get other other action sequences. So this is a movie that's punctuated 
by laws and action. And whenever you have that juxtaposition, the challenge is can you make the lull stand the time that it takes for us to reach the next moment of action? And if the lull has urgency, like that scene that you're that, probably gonna bring up next. That's my- the Essence of the scene. Right, yeah. that's my whole point. And it didn't always work that way. Um, now, I will say when you make it to the end, there is the moment. Yes. There is the payoff, all of that. Or is um, there? Oh, 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 oh. Now, you will also have people in surprise roles. So don't look up who they're playing. I'll yes. Because it it's funny. kind of fun when you go, oh, that's who this is? <laughs> who they were talking about? I wish this I didn't part. have to say who was in it. Exactly. Because exactly. I didn't know. Right, you you go, oh, oh, okay, okay. So it's the, the fun of this movie, the exciting part is the experience of discovery. When it's doing that, it's really good. When it's not, it's fine. The cinematography is amazing. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. The sound, all of that, all, everything they oh. did technically is just wonderful to watch. And, and that's why this is gonna be nominated, uh, but it probably won't win the big stuff because of what I said. Maybe it'll win for cinematography, things like that. Maybe sound, who knows what they'll do. But outside of that, it won't just because everything didn't quite gel together. Uh, that's what I'll say, I enjoyed it. Um, I could have enjoyed it more. Uh, but if we think about movies overall this year, I'd put it in the top 10. Listen, for 1917, this would have been one of the greatest movies of the decade. I will <laughs> say that. No, I will say that. Yeah. I will say it. It would have been one, if that first, up until you get to, when lis listeners, you'll know that moment if you see it, you get to where the whole movie's circumstance, everything about the movie changes because of an event. Up until that point, the, now what the critic was alluding to is when you experiencing was this. Usually when you're in a movie and Roger is, he's the cinematographer is so famous for this. Usually when you're in a movie, the movie is shot straight on. So we are watching the actors, we're watching um, the content happen. You, As a watcher, you're seeing it happen. It's not happening to you. You're seeing, you know, if there's gunfire, you're seeing where it comes from because the camera will go to the vantage point of the gunfire. This vantage point is if you're playing a video game, and I wanted to say that specifically. Hmm. If you're playing a video game and you're the character playing it, you when you're going around the corner, you don't know what's there. That's this movie. The, the, you don't get the vantage point of where things are happening besides the character it's happening to, if that makes any sense. So the element of surprise is masterfully done by Sam Mendes. Nobody can take that part away from him. No. And I will echo what you said. There is a particular, another moment at night that happens to one of the characters. He has to go and hide himself in a specific situation and he is met by a specific situation mm. and you're not expecting for this woman and this other thing to be there and what happens there sort of like you kind of forget you're in the movie with the circumstances yeah with the war <laughs> right yeah. and that's i'm not saying that's a good thing right so you get all these different highs and lows i will say this the first 45 minutes of this movie is brilliant. Hmm. There is a take that is clocked 
at 25 minutes. Mm. One of the longest takes that we've seen from Sam Mendes, certainly, and from Roger. It literally, they said they had to shoot it. If, if one person messed up, they would have to go back and do the whole thing, mm. like theater. So it really was brilliant. It doesn't always pay off, but the overall experience pays off, if yeah. that makes any sense. I say run to the theater, run, run, run. Even the lulls were good enough yeah. to um, get you. I, I don't want to knock this actor because he's an up-and-coming actor, but I don't know if I... Um, am I going to go on record and say this? Yes. Of the two that were kind of the focus in the beginning, I was more drawn to one of them in particular and would have liked to have seen other things happen that happened to that actor. Mm -hmm. So to me, the front man, um, I had to, it, I had to work with him a lot versus just being taken by with the other actor. So I don't... I don't want to criticize how he was directed or what his performance was. I just said me as it personally would have gone a little easier with um, uh, having his vantage point, the other actor's vantage point versus the one that we get through certain parts of the movie. And I gave nothing away. So with yeah, all did. that being, <laughs> with all that being said, December 25th, 1917 is coming to a theater near you. It will be everywhere, I promise. You'll be able to find it somewhere in your town or the town over. You will not be disappointed by just venturing out. Be prepared to scream and be prepared to be grossed out, be prepared to be thrilled, be prepared to be satisfied that you paid $15. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.